Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you are doing well. Real quick before I bring Andy on, I just want to apologize. This episode is coming out. Um, well, I hope that you're listening to this just right before the match with Napoli starts. Uh, we had this recorded a couple of days ago, so if our references to yesterday, last night, so on and so forth, um, that will add a little bit of context. So this is coming out actually a couple days after we recorded. So we recorded this uh, the day after Roma lost Udinese. Um, as I said, Roma played Napoli in just a few hours here. So we will obviously do uh, another episode on that, um, but I wanted to get this out. This sort of got lost in the shuffle with everything going on. Um, so yeah, here is our reaction to the, uh, to the loss against Udinese. Um, I'm trying to think of any other stuff that has been happening in regards to Roma that I can give some updates on Cavani, please stop. We talked about that in the last episode. Um, there's been some rumors about potential Canadian investors coming in for Roma. Um, no, at the moment, Friedkin, Friedkin only. And that's about it. So uh, let me bring Andy on now as he and I discuss and react to uh, Roma's loss to Udinese early, or I'm sorry, late last week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well. We will try our best to bring a bit of levity to this one. Obviously not... (laughs) Obviously not a good moment, not a good match yesterday. Everything seems to be bad. The season has officially capitulated, we could say. Andy, uh, for me, uh, that was probably the worst performance since the 7-1 to loss in the Coppa Italia against Fiorentina. Um, team was devoid of any sort of creativity, any sort of will. Um, If you thought that Roma had a lot of sales to make in the summer, I cannot even begin to imagine how great you feel now knowing that you probably thought, okay, maybe they have to sell five players to maybe they have to sell the entire team except for maybe two or three guys. Uh, Zaniolo for sure being the only one in that that's a definite. So it's all just bad right now. It's all bad. It's terrible. And I don't really know what the positives are at this moment because, what, nine matches left? This feels like a death march. It, it, it feels like we're, 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 we're being marched to see our end here because it just there is nothing that you can take from yesterday that was good. Zero. Well, you know, I'm actually one positive is I'm happy for Gotti, uh, who is uh, Udinese's manager. And he's the funniest because since he's got this job, he's been every time he won a game or had a result, a positive result. Um, he he was from the get go. He was saying that he doesn't want to coach full time. <laughs> he wants to be the assistant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and um, and they've been looking for this win. Since January, January I believe. the 12th of January was their last match. <laughs> and I, I believe that we've just helped him uh, keep this job that he definitely does not want to keep. So um, at least that's a positive. And, uh, y- you know, uh, this th- this team, man, uh, after the 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 numerous pieces of propaganda that we've heard over these last three months, 
mean, the, this team basically turned into Josef Goebbels oh. uh, from Nazi Germany uh, regarding their, uh, you know, pursuit of the continuation of the season. They, day in, day out, you, you heard Jeko, you heard this guy, you heard that guy, you heard the coach, you heard the sporting director, you heard everybody was pushing for the, getting the team back onto the pitch and, and, and getting back to football. Well, now you have it. And, um, the, these are the results. This is a team that is flat. This is a team that is soulless, a team that lacks spine, that lacks backbone, a team that is filled with individuals who, uh, after a game like this, go on social media and keep writing the same stuff. You know, we still work hard to, uh, to, uh, to achieve our objectives. What objectives? We, I, I really, I really want to understand if what they are writing or what they're saying. Same for Mkhitaryan. You know, I have a lot of things I still want to achieve at this club. Like what? You know, like <laughs> is yeah. um, meeting uh, meeting Albano in a pizzeria. Oh. Going, you know, uh, <laughs> singing volare volare. I really, I really want to know what the objectives of these players. Uh, are because from what they say, it sounds like we are, an, a, you know, a goal-driven club with big aspirations, big ambitions, and um, and then you see what you see uh, against a team like Udinese, a team the, you know that plays uh, just nasty catenaccio with uh, uh, you know a, a footballing mindset that is from forty years. Oh yeah, ago. I mean, come on, and they shit house. You know, I mean, that's all it was. Yeah, they shit house. It's beautiful, but it's beautiful. You know, you have these players that come out of nowhere, lasagna. All of a sudden, we are scared shitless of lasagna, who probably has the least uh, aggressive, least imposing face you can possibly find next to Brian Cristante. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's you know, it, this is atrocious. The worst thing about it is you, you finally hear Fonseca say, I don't know what's going on. And uh, unfortunately, it's not the first time we hear it from a coach. Uh, I believe <laughs> yeah. uh, Di Francesco yeah. said it. I mean, that was that was Rudy Garcia's calling card for the last four yeah. months of his tenure. I don't know what's happening. Oh, I don't know go. what's happening. I don't there know you, what's happening. There you go. It, Garcia, I don't know what's happening. Uh, Di Francesco, in his last months, uh, when he took off the glasses and the magic, uh, the magic stopped, the moment he took off those glasses, everything went into the shitter and he started saying, I don't know what's going on. Then remember Ranieri, he gets the team back, gets a couple of wins or a couple of decent results, then gets smashed by Napoli. Uh, the team acknowledges that they're not going to get Champions League after that loss. And he says, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do with this team. And then fast forward a year from then on, you don't have a sporting director. Your coach is looking completely lost. The players, you know, looked. If we thought that there was anybody worth redeeming, you know, worth keeping, besides Zaniolo, who at this time is still nursing his injury, I, right now you look at this team, and I I challenge anyone to not be indifferent to potential sales in this upcoming transfer market. Our good friend on Twitter. Fat Talti tweeted out. I don't know if you caught it. He tweeted three pictures of Fonseca, and his tweet said, "Oh yeah, we've managed to knock <laughs> yeah. the sauce out of this poor man. Only took ten months of Roma for him to just give up on life." There you go. And you see him you from go. the first match. He's looking very sharp, 
Very good with the button up, yep. nice watch, great shoes, and the then the yeah, then, yep. then there's the picture of him last night. <laughs> he looks like he looks he, he he looks like me when I go to the he gym. Looks like, <laughs> he looks like the divorced guy that is yeah, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. coming off of an he, absolute. He, he look he looks like you know Walter Matthau, the great yes, actor Walter he Matthau, does, without who was the mustache. playing in the in the odd couple. Yeah. yeah, in the odd couple with with the with the slob with the with the sweatpants with the shirt. Yeah. It's all there. Oh, man, he looks terrible. Um, I don't. Well, I hope his wife does. Well, we'll leave that for another time. However, <laughs> though, I the thing is, a lot of things can be true at the same time. I I see people taking one side of, well, it's not Fonseca's fault. Um, he's got to make better decisions, or they do. It's very mm-hmm. split on him. It's very split on the players. It's my thing is why can't why why isn't everybody at fault? Fonseca, terrible. I can anybody defend his lineups for the past two matches? For me, no, unforgivable, unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The sporting director, obviously, he has a hand in it. This thing with Petraki, a mess. I think we absolutely have to, or it should be discussed how this guy was basically thrown into the dump Petraki and you brought it up on the last episode about him having questioned the training methods of the team saying they weren't going with or, or training with enough uh, seriousness or intensity and I mean I don't think anybody would disagree with <laughs> with what he was saying based on what we've seen on the pitch these last two matches I guess my question is, how do you even come out from this? Because I I, I really don't see anything that you could redeem that is remotely positive from this. Who I I mean, what are we what are we doing here? What 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 is the what not what is the point? But like, what are we getting out of this? I, I mean, this is depressing as hell. Well, b- besides the, the the Europa League, which you know, dream on, dream on, oh, come it's on. not happening. Yeah, come on. No, but uh, seriously, I mean, from from you know, you you look at these players and the way they they're playing, it's it's like it, it seems like either they are completely you know shit players that really are bad at what they do, and you know, when you look at Bruno Perez and Fazio together, you oh. start to wonder. Uh, maybe, maybe my uncle who is arthritis, maybe he could uh, play as right back for Roma. Mm, um, possible because, yeah, or or they really think they they are really that dumb to think that all it takes is four games of perfect pitch perfect football on the European stage to 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 win and maybe get the Champions League spot. Uh, this is. Yeah, I mean it's it's depressing because you you know how this is going to end eventually. I really don't as you said it Fonseca the lineups he pulled. I I thought I would give him the benefit of the doubt um against Milan because I thought okay, this is the second game, you know, he's worried maybe maybe some players really got too tired and and he was just experimenting to to sort of take off the pressure uh, from some of the older players, but in this game you know, you. I understand that Jeko may not be uh, in 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 form, but the moment you start Kalinic in a game that oh, of this magnitude, that you insist that it is a game of magnitude, and you play 
look at this lineup, okay? Look at this def defense, okay? Mirante, Bruno Perez, Fazio, Smalling, Kolarov. I, in 2020, mm -hmm. John, this is, you know, and, and it's a team that is playing games that matter to the team's future. And this is the lineup that you pull. You have Kalinic leading your attack. You have Cristante again after a shameful performance. Oh, he, uh, he, um, <laughs> so bad. I mean, I what are we talking? You know, what is as you said? What, what's the goal here? What What are we going at? What What do these players think it's gonna is gonna happen? Because you know, if they're hoping for sales to happen, if they're hoping to go to better clubs, well. Maybe they will, and hopefully they will, because this is, you know, this is bottom of the barrel stuff. I, I don't even want to know how many points we have in 2020. I really, I try to avoid those stats because it's that depressing. I know we concluded um, 2019 with 35 points, I believe, and and, and this this is just awful. And um, if, if, you know, if we are worried about the future, well, at least we shouldn't be worried about this team because this team deserves nothing. Yeah, it's, um, again, I, I just don't see where the light is at the end of this tunnel. Now, the, the, the thing I keep going back to is I think whether we want to believe it or not and whether we think it should or should not influence the team, I think the fact of the matter is it does. This whole thing with the sale, I, 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 I that's the only conclusion I keep coming back to. Th that's really the only logical explanation for this entire thing. I am absolutely willing to listen to it because if we looked what happened um, before Uncle Comiso uh, acquired Fiorentina, they went through, I mean, they, they almost got relegated last season. They were terrible. So... Part of me says, okay, well, we can we can just blame it on that. It's an awkward moment. Um, you have a lot of players within the team who essentially know they're gone, whether they be on loan or somebody like Under who sure. who who knows that it, this is it. It's over. Um, I think maybe it's just the perfect storm of all of these circumstances happening at once. But I feel like that's just too. We have too big of a sample size here. Okay, because this has been going on. I mean, even before the break, if we remember, it's not like they were setting the world on fire. We can easily blame it on, okay, they, they mm -hmm. had to stop playing football for two to three months, and it's going to take them some time to get their feet underneath them. Well, I mean, this Udinese has been terrible all season. They have a manager, as you just said, who has said on a dozen <laughs> occasions that I have zero interest in taking this job full time. Okay. <laughs> Um, they they play with. Uh, listen, man. Like our defense on paper was Fofana, bad. Fofana was Fofana was looked like fucking uh, Maluda. Uh, <laughs> well, like okay, he looked insane. I I just don't understand. And again, whether you want to blame Palotta, Fonseca, Pizzaki, the players, I I just feel like this is a perfect storm of all of them being terrible, and this is the result. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, you brought up the defense, man. If Bruno Perez, I, I, I feel like the worst thing, Bruno Perez, man, it feels like he, this guy is the most lucky yet unlucky man in his life. So he's had three things happen to him in his life that had they not happened, this guy would be playing in, I, I, I don't know, the third division of the MLS, whatever that right. may be. 
or third oh, division American football. He was he was he was in the second division in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, I'm lone, and <laughs> and he wasn't even getting consistent minutes there. By the way, um, so this guy for Torino, he had an amazing wonder goal in the derby against Juve. He stopped a incredible shot in the Champions League while at Roma against Shakhtar that allowed Roma to progress. Yes. Oh, beautiful. And then he gets a tattoo on his arm of what? The Colosseum. You yes. take those things. And he becomes a fan favorite. You take, and no joke, you take those three things away from that guy. And, I, I mean, he, he is not even a professional footballer anymore. I, did you see the clip? He, <laughs> he tries to get around the defender, do the ball between. He's like, uh, the guy is a walking meme. Do we want to talk about Perotti's the okay. same? I was getting Perotti. to him. Think about look at look at look at Perotti, look at Perotti. Perotti came uh, to Roma from Genoa. Uh, you know, decent player, nice enough. It was was it was a deal to save your ass when Roma were just plummeting, uh, and you got him. You got El Sharawi. Spalletti was there. Sort of try to 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 play him as a false nine when Jeco was having the year off, and afterwards, uh, Perotti, same as Bruno Perez, has this a consistent, consistently nice uh, penalty uh, record. Yes. Uh, the the goal against Genoa, and then what? Yeah, that's it. And then he has nothing. Then he has maybe maybe the effort in some of the Champions League games of the following season under Di Francesco. But that's it. Perotti's uh, uh, input in, in Rome really ended the moment he took he made that goal against Genoa at the last minute. That's the last time he was truly, uh, you know, an important player for us. And yesterday, again, you see that this is an experienced player. He's a veteran. He's played in Sevilla. He's played in Genoa. He's played at Roma. He's got. He's also got the tattoo. He's also got the Colosseum. Uh, so I think this is a trend, you know. Easily, the, the more... easily in professional sports, <laughs> easily the worst tattoo I've ever seen. I think the only yes. other person who comes close is Richard Jefferson. Um, you guys can Google oh, the God. the Richard Jefferson. He's an American basketball player. Um, he has the yeah. initials RJ tattooed on on his arm, and it is without question. It looks like a six-year-old did it, but so does Pedaltis, or maybe a seven-year-old did Pedaltis. Yes. Um, well, this is the man who lost the bet and had to tattoo that awful thing on his <laughs> neck. So half of an hour into this... a match that you know your team, yeah, you know they need to win. He's the captain, the captain, captain, and he goes and pulls that. First off, the the tackle was horrible. I thought the poor guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was, I was scared, scared for yeah. him. I mean, it looked like he could have fractured his leg in four different places. Um, inexcusable, pathetic. Um, and really, what he did right there, I think, sums up more or less. Oh, yeah, beautiful. This Roma of, I, we can pretty much say the last decade now, because it's essentially been a decade with, uh, with Palotta. That is yeah. like the endearing image of what, this is and i'm so i'm so sick of it it's it's just so crazy you know what you know what i thought of, of this the moment that happened i thought of that porto game where de rossi oh. almost shattered yeah the the guy, or or really did shatter because the guy was in a wheelchair yeah. afterwards <laughs> yeah. with like uh, where he got sent off the in the first foot. half yep yeah 
and then Emerson does the same thing. So that it really made me think of that because that was also an instance where Roma had to prove something, where Roma really had to rally uh, around the team and really show what they got and and nada. And instead, they pulled some of the dumbest moves I've ever seen. That uh, De Rossi's foul on Lapadula comes to oh, my mind. Oh, that's a good one it's, too. The slap, yeah, that's a great one. Y- you you really you st- you start to th- you know you know you start to think uh, this is more of like a, a war flashback than just football because this is this is some some shell shock stuff that we're talking about Th- these are memories that never fade away just like Totti's foul on on Balotelli out of frustration I see these dumbass fouls that then just bring the team down and we weren't presentable in the first thirty no. minutes but at least you had a chance and then afterwards it just it was that the team you you knew from that moment on that was it the, there was no game left in them and so maybe like me you just stared at the the television when they just scored the second goal and you were completely indifferent i was so cold by that time i didn't i really could not care less yeah i was the thing is we're so numb to it and and you just you just spoke to something i think We've had De Rossi do it, uh, Perotti. We could go name by name by name. The guys that you are supposed to depend on to raise the level, to bring that extra bit of character and personality to a team are the veterans, obviously. What we saw yesterday, though, was a complete capitulation from every player who was a veteran on the pitch. The only one, in my opinion, who did anything was Padez. And he was the only one trying to score. He was the only one other than Kalinic mm-hmm. in the opening minutes who even came close to getting a goal. He was the only one showing effort. Everybody else, you had Fazio, man. This guy looks like a light post. Uh, you have Kolodov, who, I, like, watching him gives me, um, like, my knees start to, like, tense up. Because oh, yeah. I feel like this poor guy, <laughs> like, his Achilles is just going to pop on the spot yeah yeah when when he saved when he saved that ball going in you you knew that uh, that was it for him <laughs> for the night he oh. i think that was his last significant uh, piece of action at roma and then you got uh, you know cristante i i understand he's again in the sense in a similar sense to uh, bruno perez he's he's a walking meme at this point we all know he's not good and it's very easy to to criticize him and even go above that, attack him. I don't want to do that, but seriously, I, I I cannot tell you. I have never seen a midfielder or any player in my life where you could not name one thing that they do really well. Juani Torbe, for all the faults he had, he was at least quick. He was a decent dribbler. Um, uh, Ivan Pires, maybe he's another one. I can't name a single thing he did well. Cristante, I don't know what role he fills. I don't know what he does well. This guy looks like an absolute doofus when he's on the pitch running around. He looks like he's having a heart attack because he has no idea where he's supposed to be. It's so depressing to see him. And then there's obviously guys like Kadinich who you're just like, why are we even wasting our time with him on here? What, who, what, what purpose is this serving at this point? I mean, part of me would almost rather see just, you know, call up some of the guys from the Primavera. What? Calafiori, why has he not played? Do you think I would rather see a 99-year-old Alexander Kolarov uh, limping around 
barely being able to to move? Or would we want to see Calafiori, who is being linked with all these clubs, being linked with the next Plus Valenza? Let's do that. Why is VR not starting? Yes, he didn't look good, but I would much yeah. rather at least him get his bumps and bruises yeah, yeah, yeah. in now uh, instead of watching Cristante run around the pitch like an imbecile. I, I, I know that may sound harsh, but I just feel like, okay, people have taken this. Okay, the season is over, obviously. Um, let's at least punt to the Europa League. I'm sorry, but this team is not <laughs> – just forget winning the Europa League. They might get pounded by Sevilla. Well, you know, it's – you look at you look at Milan and, and how they played against Spal. <laughs> You realize you oh, realize terrible, what kind of terrible. team we are. You look at you look at Udinese. January, John. They haven't won a game since January. This man was this close to losing his job, and we just helped him save it. Um, poor, I, again, poor Gotti. I, I I can't imagine what he feels like when he goes home. He's like, ah, oh, another yeah, day they're, as they're keeping Udinese me now. Manager. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's you know this is I can understand. When, because remember, a team like Atalanta can afford a turnover because whatever team they assemble on the pitch, they'll still play, giving you 150%. Mm. The same way that Napoli could do it under Sarri sometimes. I know he wasn't a big fan of turnover, but there was that moment where, you know, he'd play with uh, Mertens instead of Milik or Milik with Mertens and, and, and he'd mix things up and it still worked. And we, I know we're talking about really great teams, but we're talking about teams that uh, had something of like a system where, okay, you 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 knew that, this guy went out and you could count on him, but we can't afford to play around. We can't afford to rotate this much. We 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 should Fonseca of all people should know by now that Kalinic is not an option. So I'm pretty sure that you can you can try at least to play with a false nine. I I really don't think that playing with Clivert as a false nine or Perez as a false nine would that would be that big of a deal. Um same way I, as I don't think that playing with uh, Vertu as a number 10 would be that big of a deal. But instead, we keep seeing the same old, same old. Um, we know Under is completely useless right now. And and it's it's just uh, it's just the worst because not only don't you, you see your team losing, but at least you could see it, you know, give some effort or have fun or something. These guys... I think have more fun sitting on the bench watching their team lose than they have, you know, actually playing the game. And I know that I, you know, I'm not one to to say that Fonseca has to be, you know, questioned and it has to be, you know, uh, well, his 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 position should be put in jeopardy or something. But it's it's pretty evident that. As our friend Giovanni likes to say often, uh, <laughs> that now nowadays coaching is not really about you know tactic, but it's about how well you can motivate players, and there is some truth to that because uh, we've seen countless coaches here, besides Spalletti, who were not who are unable to really light a fire under under uh, the players' asses. You know, when the when the money was on the line, when the team was in shambles. Uh, Fonseca seemed to have a grasp of the team. 
at the end of October and November. Remember, he had yes. that run where you won against Udinese, you won against Milan, you won against Napoli. It was at this sort of. It was the same. The same games uh, in in the fall, and and you had a team that was actually producing, no matter who was on the pitch. You had Pastore who was playing his mind out. You had Clivert contributing. You and it 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 worked, but now. It's you know it's it's easy when it's all good and sweet, but when it gets tough, when your sporting director quits, when uh, the owner uh, presumably refuses to sell, and it's it's I know it's difficult, but at least have have some you know have some balls, and and they don't have any. No, that that's probably the most succinct way we can sum it up. I, I mean, this isn't a tactics thing this isn't a a technical ability lack thereof this is an attitude thing and again i i i I struggle to find how you get out of this i do think all of these factors play a role in what we're seeing but just to end here do you think this is simply like palata just has to do this now because this is only going to get worse before it gets better um the, the thing I worry about most, and this is just for me personally, um, Friedkin, in my opinion, is not going to happen today. We're, he- we're hearing rumors of a, a pool from Miami, whatever the hell that means. Um, we're going to get a <laughs> Somebody discovered that there is a, a team uh, called the Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen a few people being like, oh, yeah, LeBron played there once. Um, I love hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, how do you say this? Arison? Um I mean, come on. Um Mickey Arison is not going to come to Roma. He's not interested. That took about three seconds to to get clarification on from people at Roma. Um it came from a I I don't want to criticize the radio station where it comes from. Um but it's not going to happen. Mickey Harrison is not coming, so please stop. And, and a pool of Miami. What what the hell does that even mean? Like, do you think these guys are around uh, uh, on the patio with the fire, smoking cigars, being like, "Hey, you know, it would be a good idea." Um, Jim is trying to sell this team. If we take it off of his hands, um, I think that would be really fun. No, come on, be serious. Um, I just feel like. If this doesn't at least get somewhat resolved by next season, I I feel like next season could be, I mean this this is bad right now. I feel like next season, whenever that starts, what is it, October, September, whatever. Um, Something here. I feel like that could be just. I mean, we consider this a death march. That would be a death. No, no, no. That would yeah, be a death yeah. marathon. Oh, no, please. No, please. No. I if if that happens, I refuse to come on here and talk football. Mm. I. I can talk anything, but no, 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 no. Restarting, starting a new season with with this type of mindset, with the looming thought of uh, either somebody has to somebody has to buy this club, or Palota really needs to find you know money to 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 splash uh, because this is you know if if this has to go on further, if this has to um, continue over uh, an extended period of time and. If this has to affect a new team, perhaps a new coach, perhaps a new sporting, oh. then 
forget it. Forget it. We've had enough. This is, you know, it's, I understand there is, running a club is not easy. And, and I think Palota for the most part um, did a really good job. Uh, but, but, but recently it's been, it's been just miscommunication after miscommunication, too many talking heads. And now the, the, the toxicity of it is palpable. And as you said, I don't care what excuses these players have, but you can actually feel or, or or even see the 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 just the influence that this this whole clusterfuck yeah. has had on on the way we play because it's undeniable that we play shit because nobody really believes uh, there is a future at this club really nobody and oh man when you hear a manager say i can't explain what's happening or i don't know what's going on that is oh, so sad man. and this is coming from a manager this is coming from a manager who uh, like monchi because monchi was was at the beginning was a, a guy full of character he was like a like a man who was sure of himself confident was you know this is the way i do things and fonseca was very similar he was like oh this is the way i do things there are no excuses my players do this do that i do this i do that i took my responsibility same as di francesco and it's you know it, it cannot be a coincidence that after not even a year the same thing happens over and over and over again. yeah it and i i do i do really i i sympathize a bit with fonseca because we've seen and uh, okay the, every time there's a bad loss i'm sick of just reading Ambiente, and then I have to hear from the boomer, not, not, uh, not Zeman this time, but Capello, go on talking about Holy Roman fuck. radio, saying uh, <laughs> when I was there, I I only spoke to the national the national outlets, which is hilarious because like half of Sky Sport um, were people who were at one time. <laughs> Uh, on the Roman radio. Yeah, but also, but Capello was was there in uh, twenty years ago. Right. Well, he's, right. He's talking about like every time he talks about Roma, it's like, oh yeah, I was there yesterday. No, you yeah, weren't. It, first off, the way he talks about Roma is he he's like a self hating former Roma manager. He loves to criticize Roma. Absolutely loves it. Yeah, it's like Saki. It's like Saki with yes, Milan. He's like, oh same. yeah, yeah. When I was there, when I was there, well, dude, you were in the eighties. Yeah. it's two thousand and twenty. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's just, yeah, we've seen this environment. It's easy to blame the environment, but I, it's when you're in the Roman environment and you hear the manager say, "I can't explain what's happening." That is like the ultimate. That's like the signal, like, oh God, it's it's close. Or yeah. we've broken him. <laughs> we've the same reaction. Yeah, like oh we've broken God. him. That that was it. <laughs> so yeah. Uh I, I don't know. I, I don't know where you go. I where you go from here. I don't know what to expect against Napoli. I I mean my expectations are at an all time low. So uh we'll be back after that one, everybody. I I, I hope this Will we? I, well, yeah, we will. <laughs> I hope these frustrations were at least similar to yours and this allowed you to realize you're not the only one in the boat. We're all in the boat. We're all feeling the same thing. We're all frustrated. We're all angry. Um, but there's only nine more matches of this. Um, I won't even call it a season. Just <laughs> I'll, I'll call it nine. This is like nine more matches of punishment. Um, yes. So... We'll be here as always. We appreciate you listening. We hope we could bring a little bit of levity with you today. Um, so we'll talk to you next time. So until then, ciao. Ciao.